0: Hello, booty friends. Welcome to The Plug Podcast. I'm your host, Luna Matadas. I'm a sex and pleasure educator. And here on The Plug, we are taking anal sex conversations even deeper if you're new to the plug all of the booty puns are plentiful and they're always intended so season two has been stuffed with amazing anal pleasure conversations about anal porn the pelvic floor cannabis and butt stuff and i can't wait for you to eat up this episode all about kink the plug podcast is made possible by b-vibe B-Vibe is this award-winning sex toy company. They brought you the world's first rimming butt plug and continue to innovate with pleasure education and high-end sex toys. Definitely head over to bvibe.com and check out the newly launched Anal Academy where you can learn about butt stuff from so many different mediums, whether you're like reading blogs or you want to watch videos. There's lots and lots of butt joy up there. I have been loving the launch of our Instagram account, the plug by B vibe, because I get to hear your booty stories, the questions that you want answers to your anal perspectives. You were all so filthy and lovely when I asked for your kinky anal stories. So if you miss the call for stories, don't worry about it. You can always leave us a message at speakpipe.com slash theplugpodcast. We'll have that for you in the show notes. And today you're in for a kinky treat with my guest's kinky expertise. And you're going to get to listen to some listener kinky anal tales. So get ready to get your kink on with Sonny and Ken, because in this episode, we're digging into kink and anal sex. Isn't anal already considered kinky? What is anal medical roleplay? What are the kinky tools used for anal pleasure or pain? Our guests in this episode are superheroes of sex ed. Ken Melvoinberg and Sonny Megatron are partners in every sense of the word. In addition to co-producing Showtime's Sex with Sonny Megatron, they initially gained recognition writing and teaching about everyone's favorite subject, sex. In their sellout workshops, their unique brand of edutainment, plus combined 30 plus years of sexuality teaching experience puts students at ease. They host the ASEC award-winning American Sex Podcast and Sunny's first book, Customizable Kink, a strategic guide to erotic play will be released in 2022 sunny is a certified sex educator and relationship coach and was also awarded the XBiz 2021 sexpert of the year on a more personal note this little dynamic duo are married parents ethically non-monogamous and lifestyle bdsm enthusiasts so sit back and enjoy listening to all the kinky anal things okay oh my gosh Sonny and Ken, I, I was just saying I'm super fangirling right now because I was following you and listening to your podcast and learning from you and, and entering my kinky journey. And I, I'm so happy for you to be here to talk with people about
1: anal sex and kink. Oh, right?
0: thank Ooh.
2: you.
1: It's a subject we can all get behind. The fun starter. But <Yeah>.
0: Oh my God, please drop all the puns. I, okay. I, I appreciate a good butt pun. This is
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, the name pun. of your podcast is a butt pun, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's my MO. <laughs> totally, totally. So when I was thinking of this episode around kinky sex and anal sex, I, I actually thought, you know, there are tons of people who consider anal sex in itself being a kinky thing. So it,
1: is anal kinky and how do people decide what's kinky and what's not kinky? That is completely subjective. Um, You know, kink, the definition of a kink is something that you're into that falls outside Mm. of the sexual norm. Mm. And so the sexual norm is based on your uh, personal or community or social experience. So if you, uh, you know, have been raised in an environment with or hang around a lot of sex positive people where anal's like, no big deal. Then it's not kinky. It's just another sex act. If you were, you know, if you're more used to asexual environment, that oh my goodness, a blowjob is kinky, and we only do that on okay, our you, anniversary. You said
3: asexual is two separate words, not an asexual. No,
1: not an asexual. Okay. Um, <laughs> but although asexual people do sometimes still have sex, but that's a whole other topic. But yeah, so that it, but. Uh, but You know, <laughs> you know what's something
3: that's sort of interesting to this? And this is always something that um, reminds me of a very old stupid joke in that the difference between uh, somebody who's mildly kinky and perverted, somebody who's kinky uses a feather, somebody who's perverted uses the whole chicken. Now it's a stupid joke. <laughs> it doesn't really apply to modern times, but what it does say is it's sort of like head making spicy food and that all of us have different tolerance levels. Mm. And so for the past, you know, 30, 30 years? Have I, have I been teaching for 30 years? Yep. Yes, I've
1: been teaching old, for 30 your years. You're old, years Grandpa. Um,
3: <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, so it's it's different tolerance levels is really what it is. Because what is kinky to me is definitely not kinky to somebody who's just starting out who may think that anal play is a little bit off the hook. Right. right. And I'm not going to
1: judge them for that,
3: you know? It's exactly.
1: Like, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, there is no definition of kinky. It's pretty subjective. And honestly... I have always, you know, we act like kink and vanilla are these two separate things. Like, uh, you know, what is it? What I compare it to the dance fight in, uh, um, West Side Story. I'm really dating myself like the sharks and the jets, like we're against each other. But really, the you, event homer? for fuck's sake, West Side
3: Story, that's like Uncle George, you're channeling right now, a 90 year old. I know
1: there's a lot of musical theater kids that are Gen Z that are, they're like, yeah, Dude,
3: Maria Tony. Hamilton, not
2: West Side Story. All right, whatever. Hamilton.
3: My God
2: anyway um
1: you know we look at, at at kink and vanilla like they're two polar opposites but really Can our venn <laughs> really diagrams overlap a lot you know Kingsters do you tons of things all
3: the way until Shh. i not <laughs> <Stop.
1: laughs> <Stop>. we need <laughs> a whole episode on anal I know, musicals i know <laughs> yeah. i know um so You know, a lot of things that vanilla people do, a lot of things that vanilla (laughs) people do are actually really kinky, even though they label it vanilla. And a lot of things that kinky people do are really vanilla, even though they're like, but I'm kinky all the time. No, you're not. We all do a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. This is
0: such a good point. I love this distinction because I and I also like the singing and the musical. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to do that together one day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like karaoke anal. I'm down for this. Ooh. Um <laughs> okey <Anal-okey. Anal-okey. laughs> <laughs>
3: That's another one. <laughs> oh
0: my God. <laughs> but yeah, I love that idea that it really is about what you decide is within your creative sex experiences or within your sex experiences that you normalize. And I think that that leads us into you know, talking about shame. And so I, I experience a lot of questions around anal sex and shame and especially from either people who feel that it's an activity that's really slutty or that it's uh, perverted or taboo and, and from people people with uh, penises who feel that it might say something about their their sexuality, whether they, they are engaging in anal sex or whether or not they um, have a desire to. Maybe their partner wants them to do something like this. So I know listening to so many of um, your episodes on American Sex Podcast, like this shame is something that comes up a lot when we're talking about pursuing our desires and fantasies. Yeah. Can you tell us how maybe people, how this comes up and then how people
1: can navigate this shame? Yeah, absolutely. Ken, uh, do you want to talk about cis men shame? You want to do that first or second?
3: I mean, we're always first in everything, so I hate being a <laughs> cis. Okay. When, all right. Was, I'll talk so, about so, so general you think shame. When, 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 no, no, no. I have a better response to that. Huh. When would you like me to
1: Okay. I'll, you can go second. <laughs> you go second. Absolutely. I'm gonna go first. I, go I got I got the anal sex talk privilege here. And think of a um, pun while you're waiting. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, you know, as we said, there, there's a whole nother level to this when it comes to mainly heterosexual cis men, which we'll get to that. But just in general, the butt is dirty. We've always been told it's like that's where poop comes out. Poop is gross. There are certain bodily fluids, and you were on our podcast talking about body bodily Oof. fluids. There is no rhyme or reason that there are certain bodily fluids that are hot and sexy and then certain ones that are the grossest ever. Um, And so that absolutely comes into anal play. And you hear all of the, you know, jokes like exit only, or if you Mm -hmm. do it, you're a slut. If you, you know, so I oftentimes will, you know, tell people if they're the ones with the shame, Mm. First of all, I'm going to assume the person with the shame actually really wants to do it, but they're, you know, if you don't want to do it, you know, there's some things you just legit don't want to do. And I always tell people, challenge yourself. Sometimes Mm -hmm. if there's something that immediately you're like, ew, no, are you saying that because of your shame and like your societal hangups and that's what you think you're supposed to say. But really deep down when you're by yourself, you know, flicking your bean or jerking off, you're only thinking about anal, then (laughs) maybe, you know, step back and do some reexamining as to why is your knee jerk reaction? No. But why deep down do you still really kind of want to do this? You know, but if you, if everything's a no, then no, you don't have to do anything. But so if if that's you, get comfortable with anal in your own mind and with your own body. So whether mm. it's by yourself, you know, you get yourself an anal toy and you put on a butt plug while you're masturbating or you, you know, finger your ass or you explore whatever it is. And yes, you're going to feel weird. You're going to feel like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this, but also it's really hot, strange boner, you know? Um, (laughs) And once you get comfortable with yourself, and that could also include reading books about anal sex, listening to podcasts like this, exposing yourself to positive attitudes and outlooks and usable educational information about how to do it right and not hurt yourself. Um, And once you get to that point where you may want to broach it with a partner, I'm going to turn this now over to the partner of the apprehensive person. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have a partner that has a, a huge sense of shame or embarrassment or whatever it is about a thing, you often need to go above and beyond to reassure them, like, this is so hot, this is not dirty, or ask them, like, what can I do to make you more comfortable? Mm. Have those conversations before sex? You know, one of the things on my kink um, pre scene checklist I have, and, and this can really apply to anything, even vanilla sex, is what are you most excited about for this encounter? And what are you most apprehensive about? And talk about those two things with your partner because that will, sometimes you just need to hear the other person say like, I get it. I play with my butt too. I thought it was gross, but it's really fucking hot. And that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Ken, a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. the anal
0: masturbation suggestions. I love the. I ask a similar thing around: what are you nervous about? What are you excited about? And just so that there's space for both those things, doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's gonna kind of end everything. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Like for the the you extra a lot of stuff. the extra shame considerations from uh, cis men who are mainly straight or maybe. Uh, approaching this in a heterosexual coupling, but play specific. Yeah.
3: And it's, and it's important to note that this, this shame that you're talking about, you know, stems from homophobia and it directly affects straight men. It affects gay men, probably even more, to be honest, and bi men to an nth degree. Like you can't, if you are, um, anybody who identifies along those wavelengths is all, uh, one of the things, especially if you're a little bit older, if you're Gen X or, or, or older, One of the things that you notice is that um, a lot of people, especially uh, other toxic masculine sort of types, will assume that what you stick in your ass determines who you love or have sex with, which is the fucking stupidest assumption ever. And there's nothing wrong with any one of those choices, but making an assumption based on what I stick up my ass has nothing to do. Like, I stuck a carrot up my ass when I was a kid. It was my first sex toy.
0: I don't
3: know because she's a carrot. I love her because she's a person.
0: <laughs> all this time, I thought you were a carrotosexual. I didn't know, I you. Know, right? <laughs> I thought you
3: were a carrotosexual too. I mean, you do
0: have kind of like you have. I don't know. You got
3: the heavy top. You've got kind of uh, that's it At the bottom, your hair up top is kind of all over. I don't know. Maybe that, you are a carrot. That I'm colorblind. Are
1: you orange? I'm I'm good for the eyes. You are good for my eyes. Oh God! What's happened to us? Okay, <laughs> good things, only good things. <laughs> but
0: I agree, it's the stupidest thing ever, and and yet it's such a powerful thing to feel when we're we're trying to navigate. What do I like, and why do I like it this way? And and I I I also think because you get to deal with so many kinky and fetishy types of things, is there is there a correlation that that people are often looking for if they're into this thing? Like, does it mean? This about them. Does it mean that they're submissive if they take something up their butt? Does it mean they, you know, these kinds yeah, of things we that people relate don't attract?
1: Everything we're into back to us as a uh, a value judgment. Mm. You know, what does it mean about me? What does it say about me that I'm into X Y Z? And for some of us, that could be a negative thing. Like you know, Ken saying with uh, you know. Cis men into butt play. Does this mean I'm gay? Which that's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it could be with anything, you know, with, you know, straight cis woman. It could be, does this mean I'm a slut? Does this mean my date's going to think blah, blah, blah. And on the flip side, it could be a positive thing. Does this mean I'm like a submissive butt slut and I'm the best? And does <laughs> this mean? So really, I, even though that's valuable to to be able to put, you know, what does this mean or why is this happening onto things? I think it has a place in a time. Mm. And sometimes we do it too much to the point where it either paralyzes us and we just, we can't do the thing or just overshadows our enjoyment of that thing just for the pure enjoyment of this is a place on my body that feels good. I want to enjoy stimulation of it without getting too in my head and psychoanalyzing myself. Like there's a time and place for psychoanalyzing ourselves and it's not while we're fucking. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I, I've been following you on TikTok and I, I love your TikTok because it's so accessible and it's getting into all these kinds of, of crevices of, of our experiences with kink or people who want to experience kink, whereas a lot of kink ed- education sometimes does focus on techniques. And so uh-huh. do, people, do people have questions about looking for sort of validation or reassurance for what they're, they're into? Or are they coming at you in the DMs or comments about, you know, is this kinky thing weird? Is, is this a common experience for people?
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and that's one of the things like I'm working on a book now that I I always say kink is customizable. So the book Mm. is customizable kink and erotic guide to, uh, or no, a strategic guide to erotic play. I don't even know the name. Um, (laughs) and I really feel that the, the strategic side, the, you know, or what we call the soft skills or like the feelings, brain things are things that we gloss over both in kink education, but also just sex education in general, we go straight to technique. Here's how you put the butt plug in. Here's how Mm -hmm. you, here's how you tie somebody up. Here's how you, but we are human beings having a sexual experience and we do so there's so much, you know, of our self worth and misconceptions about like, what is my sexual whatever say about me? that just doesn't get addressed and gets glossed Mm. over. And people think like, I just have to act totally like I'm completely too cool for school with you putting this giant funnel in my ass and peeing in it without (laughs) really, you know, thinking about like, how do we communicate about this? How do I talk about it? How do I feel about it? Um, To me, that is the bigger piece. Mm. anybody can learn here's how you size a butt plug to go into your particular ass. And in general, here's how you judge how much lube you're going to need. That's pretty basic, but the human parts, that's, that's the cornerstone of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people have those questions because they don't often get addressed or, you know, especially when, and I think it's kink and general sex education when you are a person first learning about these things, and let's say you're going to the internet, you're going to TikTok, you're going to wherever, Instagram, you're picking up a book, watching a YouTube video. It, it's, it's usually the bare bones basics of technique. Um, or if it, it does address those strategic human soft skills, they're presented in a very black and white 101 way. Well, if you're okay. a dominant, then you need to be XYZ. And all submissives yes. are this that and this. And it's like, no, kink is customizable as long as you have consent and you are doing things, you know, ethically and with your partner's best interest in mind, you can do whatever the fuck you want. There mm-hmm. are no rules. You make up the rules beyond that. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, I really appreciate hearing this because I think this common humanity in that we all have shame, you know, we all want to feel accepted. We all want to feel desired. And so to put out more empathy out there in our erotic experiences is a great thing for Uh for pleasure, for comfort, for excitement. And and yeah, I can't wait for your book. When's your book coming out?
1: I don't know. I, I'm still okay. right. like I'm like I'm okay. three half-assed chapters in and a bunch of haphazard notes. That's, that's where I'm at <laughs> at this point. So sometime next year, I'm not okay. putting any pressure on myself. I'm working with menopause. It'll be out in brain.
3: approximately a year.
1: One of the things that I think is huge is not only is the shame that we, we feel, and we all feel it, even those ones who are like, who look so sex positive and confident, you, we yes. all got the shame. And Absolutely. then we have the shame about the shame. Do you ever like mm-hmm. cry? And then you start crying more because you're crying. And it's like, yes. this makes no sense. It's like <laughs> having shame about your shame. It <laughs> isn't doing nobody any good. So yeah, we need to cut out the shame, the shame game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get out the shame, make more space for pleasure. You know, it gets in the way, it's distracting. And I have to back it up a bit because you said pee in someone's ass with a funnel. What's oh, that? Yeah. About- <laughs> I feel
1: like we glossed over that, but I wonder if that's... Is that a thing where people doing this? (laughs) You have better aim to pee in people's ass with a funnel. Would you like to
3: talk? (laughs) I mean, do you want me to talk about peeing in people's asses in general?
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. let's let's go there.
0: Are you ready to get your booty kink game on? If you're into fisting, maybe double anal penetration, larger insertions, you're going to want to train that butthole so I have a recommendation for you. It's a big ass butt plug. The Snug Plug 6 is a whopping 515 grams of weighted butt plug. This helps take your ass to new expansion levels. Now, weighted butt plugs are really great because you also get the benefit of gravity. So the butt plug is is giving a sense of fullness, but it's also giving a weightiness that can help stimulate the nerve endings around the opening of the rectum, the butthole. So the best part of this plug is that despite its intimidating, but also delicious weight and size, the innovative B-Vibe design has made it comfortable for insertion. So we want the anus to be trained comfortably. We want to slowly get it to adjust to larger sizes without doing any injury to the delicate anal tissue. It's got a curved flared base, which is great because if you're worried about your butt plug popping out of you inconveniently, this has happened to me, um, (laughs) you're going to want something that stays in a little bit easier against the butt crack. It's also got a curved head, which makes it easier for insertion. And you've got the firmness of the weights but a cushy silicone outside to help ease the comfort while you're anal training so shop at bvibe.com for the snug plug six also grab some lube there's enema kits everything that you need for anal pleasure and use code luna l-u-n-a to save 30% off of all Bevive branded products
3: yeah well first of all it's really hard to do with an erection
1: Mm, because you have to
3: like sort of bend your body in a way like those of us with penises know that when you're standing up and peeing and you have an erection, you have to sort of bend over in order to align the urethra to the ureter. Right. Right. Um, Right. And a lot of people without penises don't realize that. They're like, oh, you got a penis. You can just do own, You can come. You can pee. You can do all the things. Right. Everything comes out of the hole. No, (laughs) not exactly how it works. So one of the things that is always sort of interesting, if you can get it half soft and get it in, you can pee inside of a bodily orifice. Um, and one of the things that there's a huge misconception about urine itself, is it something that is dangerous as a biological contaminant? Then the other question you had was about like, the
1: so- the funnel, like, and I, now that I'm thinking about, cause I don't have a penis. So I'm like, right. oh yeah. And I know that you can't pee when you have an erection, but it's not the first thing that goes into my brain because I don't have a penis. Well, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. I mentioned it um, first, but like peeing in a funnel
3: way easier. So when I do S and M sessions, like two of my favorite sessions that involved pee, one of them was peeing in somebody's ass. Right. Uh, and that was just a matter of getting a funnel that could stay in somebody's ass. This is like one of the reasons why you have to have those specialized funnels that are like a butt plug.
1: It kind of looks like a beer bong, sort of, but
2: with a, shorter oh. it's like a dildo for the butt. with
3: a funnel on it. Oh,
1: a dildo. Oh. Fun- okay. Yeah. It's a
3: butt plug. It's a butt plug with a funnel on it okay. with a wider hole. That's the other thing. And right. so it has to have a hole in it. And the hole should be about maybe three quarters of a centimeter.
1: No, but I want to add something along these lines as to why anal play and kink can kind of go hand in hand, even mm-hmm. though technically anal play isn't, hand you and know, butt. a hand in butt isn't a <laughs> kinky thing. Um, but because people have such shame around it and it is so disgusting and, oh my God, what if there's poo and blah, 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 blah. One of the things that we don't have a good handle on as human beings that, you know, those of us who are sexual um, is that, Sometimes when the turn on is just right, those things that in, you know, the in vanilla context would be gross, disgusting, uh, you know, produce negative feelings, whatever that is, whether that's, you know, something that is pure disgust, like poop or whatever, or something that's just makes you feel bad, sadness, crying, you know, anything negative under the right circumstances, when the right variables align, suddenly become a turn-on. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm. And I think just knowing, like you out there listening, if you're like, yeah, I feel kind of weird when those negative things turn me on, you are human. That is a human thing. That is a fact about human sexuality, that sometimes the thing that we find absolutely disgusting 99% of the time under the right circumstances can be the biggest turn on ever. And logically it doesn't seem to make sense and it seems counterintuitive, but that's the way humans are. And if that's, if that happens to you, you are normal. So like, that's not something you have to psychoanalyze. Like why, why, why? Because human brains are fucking weird. That's why that's the answer. Um, And I think for a lot of people who have a hard time getting over like, why does this extreme negative thing excite me, putting it in the context of kink and playing with it in a safe container in a kink scene and making it go to the extreme. Like, for instance, uh, you know, I think my butt is really gross. I think butt sex is gross. So instead of maybe trying to come to terms with that myself in a vanilla context, I am going to do a kink scene hmm. where let's say some humiliation is incorporated and my, you know, let's say I'm I'm a submissive. We're pretending because I'm not, but let's say in this scenario I'm a submissive and Is there
3: butt pie involved in this or butt cake? I, one?
1: I mean, yeah, you know, right, maybe there, I don't know. Pie. making me poop on a cake i don't know i don't know i was not not going a totally a different that's way i'm trying to incorporate we don't have time to negotiate a whole thing a um, but like you know let's say we're doing something where <laughs> uh Ass pie they're like Ass you know cake. your butt is disgusting <laughs> this is so great you're such a dirty slut i can't believe you like butt sex and uh and i Like we magnify the disgust and the shame way more than it is in real life to be able to just play with it. Maybe that helps me really look it in the eye and (laughs) face that shit in the brown eye, the brown (laughs) and really face that shame. And so then maybe I walk out of that scene. Not feeling so generally grossed out about butt play anymore, and that's a lot of what we do in kink. And you know, I always say kink is absolutely not therapy, one hundred percent no. But sometimes kink can serve a therapeutic purpose for us. So right there, that that extreme butt scene has helped me get over the shame I have about butt play. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And by the way, shameless plug, I do have a recorded class on humiliation that if you visit my links in the show notes, you can. (laughs) But yeah, I mean that, you know, so that is why some of these, you know, quote, gross forms of play tend to go more hand in hand with kink.
0: Yes. And uh, also plug, I have taken that class. It's amazing. So we will link it in the the show notes. Because all of these things that you and Ken both mentioned around humiliation, shame, submission, there's a lot of stereotypes around how people understand them. But what I'm hearing from this is so much of you get to make it what you want to make it. And that's dependent on how you feel about these things, how you feel about the scenario, the person. I definitely have masturbated to fantasies and had a great orgasm and then thought, oh, my God, I'm so fucked up. You know, and it's like your body's like throwing your erotic imagination is throwing pleasure at these parts of yourself that are really conflicted. And and this is maybe how I'm processing these really messed up things or things that I think are messed up. Totally. We have
4: all
1: taken plenty of trips to strange boner town where, like, you know, you just you suddenly find yourself whacking off to... (laughs) the weirdest shit and, but at the time you're like this is the hottest thing ever and then after like the next day you look at your search history and you're like what the what? fuck is wrong with me <laughs> nothing you're human all of our brains are weird How am we I can all go my to strange town yeah totally totally <laughs>
0: Oh, I love that. And also, you know, the brown eye. We got we got to keep talking about the brown eye. I mean, this is so good. Like, <laughs> so for for people who are are really into anal and and they really want to use anal as part of an expression of maybe some of these themes like dominance and submission or humiliation, shame, um how does that what, what are some things that, that they can do? I mean, I've heard of things like anal hooks and enemas and rough anal. Like, Are these things that, that people are using to kind of um, as tools to experience or as vessels for
1: some of these themes like like humiliation, dominance, power exchange? Absolutely. Absol- you know, I always say that, you know, not to take the focus away from the butt, but anything, anything can be used as a vehicle for dominance, submission, you know, whatever, Oops. anything, a cupcake. Uh, you know, a piece of lint, your butt, like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the creativity that's in your brain, you know, that, that makes it happen. Um, So like, I don't know, you you got one anal hooks, like for instance, anal hooks are hooks that, you know, one side goes in your butt and the other side has like a kind of a, a little circle on it that oftentimes people will use in bondage. So maybe you'll be tied you know, in a hog tie and the anal hook is up your butt. And then part of the, the rope that's doing the hog tie is tied to that anal hook. So when you squirm, it pulls on your butt or maybe you're tied standing or that sort of thing. Like that's, anal hooks are pretty common um, in bondage. Uh, one thing is I love anal play for um, dominance and submission play because it's something that can be done covertly. And it's something that could be done outside of a scene. And it's something that could be covert public play with the use of butt plugs. You know, it could be, let's say you're, uh, you know, have a continuous play partner and you're long distance, let's say, which is probably a scenario for a lot of people right now. It could be, you know, maybe we get on Skype every Saturday night and we play, but in between during the week, I might have assignments for you, like wear a butt plug to work or go out to the grocery store with a butt plug on, or maybe, you know, we are together and we go out to dinner and you're wearing the butt plug or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that can even extend to diapers, which I mean, it's not necessarily butt play, but it's in the same area. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things. And because it's so... You know, our knee-jerk stereotype is, ooh, this is disgusting. Even if we know logically it's not. I think Mm -hmm. it's so ingrained in us societally that even the most secure butt play people still have a little corner of themselves that are like, ooh, butts, you know. (laughs) Um, That knowing that you are out in public with something in your dirty place. So naughty. Nobody knows about, like what Ken was saying, it's the taboo. We often fetishize what's taboo and what's not more taboo than the most, you know, finger quotes, disgusting part yeah. of our body. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I love the, the little assignments, ass assignments oh, oh, you know, that you're yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> that having these these ways of, of it's it's sort of focused on the butt, but it's not necessarily uh, about you know anal sex. It's about this possession or ownership or being obedient or you know good boy, good girl, whatever. Um, and there's so many ways that you can get creative with this and uh-huh. still play upon those those taboos or that feeling of disgust. I love this because I'm not familiar with anal hooks at all, and I always thought, oh my god, I I watch a lot of porn with anal hooks, which I love, but right. I, I I love the look of it, but I've never. I've never, never experienced it. So it's really cool to hear how it's worked into bondage, how it, it can be a part of these larger themes. Uh-huh. And what about shoving really large things up our butt? So extreme anal insertions or um, are the, is this, is this a kinky thing? Is this a size kind of thing or
1: being able to take it kind of thing? It It's all of the above, you okay. know, again, it's customizable, you know, just like kink is customizable. Pretty much your whole sexual experience is customizable. Did you really? Yeah. What? What? What did What's I? What's the name re- of your book? I know. That's what, that's what I know. I was trying to be subtle, Ken. Trying to, you know, the uh, uh, what is it? Subliminal. Kink yeah. Kink, customizable, customizable kink. Customizable kink. kink Coming quickly. in twenty twenty two. Just um, have Ken humming it in the background over. It. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but. Uh, so are, what, what were we talking about? The reasons why, right? We're talking yeah, about the why People want to take like, big stuff up their yeah. butt. Like what? Yeah. It, yeah. The reasons why big stuff up the, could be, it could be the pressure. It could be, you know, for somebody with a prostate, it really hits there. It could be like, I feel like I want to accomplish and overcome the last biggest thing I fit in my ass. It could be that I want to feel, you know, used and degraded. It could be, uh, you know, as, um, The top, I want to feel powerful and you know, Mm. there, whatever reason you can think of in your wildest dreams that somebody might want to do that. Yes. It's like rule 34. That's a reason, a real legit reason for somebody.
0: Yeah, Yeah, okay. You made me think of something with, um, you know, all these reasons why people want to do this stuff. And we did an episode on prostates and prostate pleasure. And I'm remembering now, when I look at porn uh, around prostate milking, it's a lot of femdom porn. So there's automatically kind of built in, but it doesn't have to be dominant, right? It doesn't have to be a dominance and submission thing. It can just be an activity.
1: Yeah, Yeah. there there are no... Activities and I want to want to make sure I hate talking absolutes. Ninety nine point (laughs) nine 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 percent of activities. Okay, just uh, that caveat, just in case there's one I miss um, that are inherently dominant and submissive. Okay, you know, dominance and submission is the attitude in which you do something and the power play that that thing is wrapped up in. So I could milk your prostate in a very dominant way, like we see the femdom horns. I could milk your prostate in a very submissive way, like, you know, yes, my sir, I am serving you and I am doing what you request for your pleasure. Um, So yeah, I mean, we tend to see it in the femdom way. I'm going to guess why. This is just purely my guess is that when we see it in the femdom way, it's usually in a very heterosexual context. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about a lot of heterosexual men that do butt play have shame about it. And a lot of times when we are doing an, you know, a, sometimes it's acts that we say are forced, you know, consensually forced acts. It's Mm -hmm. because it's something that we really do genuinely want to happen to us, but we're still kind of embarrassed to ask for it. So if a dominant is, quote, making us do it and we're at their whim, we have no (laughs) choice but to lay back and enjoy the thing that we really wanted to ask for anyway, but we were too embarrassed. Mm. So I really I think that's why when we look at media, we see it mostly in the femdom context, because a lot of, you know, straight cis men that are embarrassed about butt play kind of need that reassurance or have that same fantasy and can relate to it. Oh, yeah,
0: I love that these fantasies are facilitating more butt stuff in the world because totally. it, it's like totally. great. However, you get there, just get there. Fantasy, mm-hmm. or maybe you're owning it, whatever. Who cares? And you also yeah. mentioned something around like uh, consensual, non-consent, or consensually forced stuff. These these fantasies where people might be taking things rougher or they might be wanting to feel like they, they don't have any control. Um, And how does, is that, is that something that that people do often with anal? Like I've watched lots of panel type videos and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, like a lot of them make me really uncomfortable because of what I know about the booty. And I'm like, please don't hurt the booty. But you know, we're, we're also watching performance. So how are people doing it in, in real life with panel or anal sadism?
1: Okay. So Anal's not supposed to hurt, you know, this, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just want to say it again, anal is not supposed to hurt, but there is something in us that fantasizes about it hurting us. And it probably Mm -hmm. is like, you know, across between the, the myths about anal, the misconceptions about anal, maybe even some of our own first experiences with anal or even like, Having a big poop, you know, sometimes mm. it hurts, kind of thing. So I think you know, automatically in a human way, we we associate pain yeah. with that. Um, but really, if you are engaging in rough sex, whether you're the giver or the receiver, and it really is genuinely hurting, that's mm. a problem. You the delicate tissue, don't no, go slow. However, can it be part of your fantasy to play up? that, you know what I mean? That discomfort, that Mm -hmm. pain, that forced uh, scenario. Absolutely. But that takes a lot of good communication with your partner to know like, okay, maybe I'm saying ow, not because I have just ripped eight fissures at once and I'm in Mm -hmm. serious pain, but maybe I'm saying "ow" oh, because it feels good. Maybe there's a lot of pressure, but not necessarily pain, right. to, to know the difference between me going, "Oh, no, oh, ow, oh, ow," oh, in a role-play sort of context versus real. And I yeah. think a lot of people who, you know, like younger folks who uh, are just starting to experiment with sex. And, and I see this a lot because vanilla sex has become very not vanilla uh, okay. in the mainstream. So there's a lot of teenagers that think that choking is a regular part of sex. Right. And they think that rough anal is a regular part of sex. And they don't realize that there are real dangers behind these things, like especially choking. You could die. You know, dying is worse than a fissure, even though fissures not fun either.
3: It's important to know, kids, that you don't watch the Fast and the Furious in order to learn how to drive, and you don't watch mm-hmm. hardcore anal porn to learn how to fuck.
1: Yes, Ooh, Ooh. yes, just saying. So yeah, yes, like. yep. yes. Yep. and the fantasies. Mm-hmm. And we yes. see these this porn, and we think that it's real, and it is a fantasy like they like you said before they're acting they're embellishing even if we go to the dungeon let's say or a sex party and we see some kind of rough sex scenario that we're watching and they appear to be oh no ouch oh it hurts oh it's too big oh my god uh no that that's really not representing reality and i think a lot of folks who uh maybe aren't uh as adept in really communicating that behind the scenes negotiation and and parsing out what's role play and what's real, mm-hmm. we'll go too far in those respects and think, oh, anal supposed to hurt. Oh, yes. th- you know, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Yes. Talk about oh it. Gosh. Learn about it.
0: Oh, yes. Cause I, I think you're right. The fantasy looks so hot. It it looks like it feels really good. And it probably really does if we have this Body knowledge. If we have really good communication, if we know the difference between this is a good hurt and this is a too much hurt, and do I feel comfortable honoring this, and that my partner will honor this, so I I also agree. I don't think it's a it's a beginner thing, and anal masturbation can also really help you decide, like what are the sensations that feel really good versus like Uh a small plug or a big plug, or you know, anal beads are too deep, so that you can communicate with your partner, right,
1: right, right, Yeah. yeah. And I think like you know, penal porn is very mainstream mm-hmm. and we may know this in the kink community and, and, and just know like even in mainstream quote, vanilla porn, mm-hmm. again, there is a huge crossover between vanilla and kink. They are doing, they're saying like, I am anally destroying you and tearing you open. Yeah. Why? For the receiver. It feels good to have that pressure. It feels good to be overpowered. Mm. Maybe we feel embarrassed about anal. So we want to be taken and have that forced kind of like all of that stuff is a fantasy. And then as the giver, it's like, I'm splitting you open. I'm so powerful. You're mine. I can do whatever I want to you. I can hurt you. And that's really hot. But not when we're actually really doing it Mm non-consensually or yeah. So, yeah. And I, I don't think vanilla folks have the, um, I, I don't want to like, you know, poo poo vanilla folks, but it is not common in vanilla culture to talk about these things and to negotiate sex before it happens Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah people just have it up on their profile must be into panel must be into me being a daddy dom in this way and it's like well all of this is is really a communication it's a negotiation Uh between people and what's comfortable and it's probably not going to be you know i would love to see awkwardness normalized I think awkwardness is so authentic. I think it's so cute. I think it's just like, oh, you're kind of weird about this. Me too. And we can actually work from a place where we're we're not trying to perform with each other. Yeah. Um. I feel she like I get an you-
3: erection when I'm uh, not in the mood. That's awkward. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> can you help me normalize that? Adorable. Can you that's help me- adorable. Yeah. That's oh, look at how cute it is. <laughs> it's like a penis I mean- only smaller. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> It'll grow up and be <laughs> fully erect someday.
0: Someday, if little one. you shave it, it
3: looks bigger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can put a hat on it it'll be fine.
3: <laughs> googly eyes. No, googly eyes, googly eyes. everything better. Googly oh, eyes. Yes, yes. Yes. And a hat. Yeah, and a, hat. a cowboy hat, I think. <laughs> Actually, some, who that got me a cowboy hat for my dick?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, shit. I can't remember, but Pristle. I remember. Oh yeah. It's a personal. little dick a
3: cowboy hat. and a, it was and a, and a great.
0: cowboy hat for my dick. <laughs> I love knowing the personality of your peen. That's great. Yes. <laughs> cowboy hat. <Yeehaw. laughs> so I could ask you about as I have so many more anal fantasies I could ask you about all day, but I'm gonna leave with, with one more. So anal medical play fascinates me. What is what is this about? Is it is it kind of also taboo? and what kinds of tools can people use for anal medical play? Anal
3: speculums. That's the Ooh. first and foremost anal speculum. Well, all kinds of speculums you can use for anal play, but anal speculums are the ones that are the best job. Um, first of all, costuming lab mm. coats. Uh, if you have like, we used to have a um, for years, I had an OBGYN table as, as my dining room table. We actually could, like, in our <laughs> Chicago apartment, couldn't fit an actual table in there, so we had an OBGYN table, but. Those OBGYN tables are great for anal play, uh, and it's especially humiliating for uh, cis-hetero men Mm. that are scared of looking, even the remotest, you know, like if they have even an ounce of homophobic fear inside of them. This is something that I've seen a lot of doms in the past use in order for humiliation. But um, other medical stuff that you can do, um, you can apply lotions to it. A lot of it is role playing; Mm. it's just knowing some of the medical jargon. But uh, some of the things that I have used. Anal speculums, um hand sanitizer, ooh <laughs> that's but that's a little bit on the mean yeah. side by the way sorry, Lynette yeah. um <laughs> poor bunny um uh tails uh actually tails of all different sorts, I did one oh, where like i did a I put a pigtail in somebody and did a pigtail ectomy, so I was pretending huge surgery, and like there was like knife play involved, and uh, i didn't I didn't actually use scalpels, but right, like you know we were pretending and doing things um. I'm trying to think of some of the other equipment that I've used. Most of it is medical based stuff, yeah. though, uh, with some of it being things like um food to to be involved with it. Like I think I've licked peanut butter off somebody's asshole before. Oh um, yeah, which by the way, that that takes a really long time to do, and I don't recommend crunching.
4: I was just gonna say
3: <laughs> <laughs> smooth, smooth. If you're gonna only. use peanut butter unless in, in analingus, peanut butter and analingus should be smooth only unless you're a really cruel top.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: just saying. <laughs> Does he that answer never your be question? Welcomed back to that butthole. Yes, it does. Thank you. Those are great ideas. Oh, I like the also one of the other stuff. things yeah. that I've
3: used was um electric stuff. So we, we use so yeah. as you know, Sunny and I are huge proponents of electric play. Yes. And there was a great um electric butt plug that we got from the Mystem company. Uh, and uh, do you remember the name of that one? I can't remember what it was. I
1: can't remember. Off-hand. They have really goofy yeah. names that
3: like were. Interesting translations from German to English, but um electrifying the you know the anywhere inside of the anal cavity or even getting into the prostate and then expanding to prostate play is always a lot of fun. So anything that you can do with there also can be expanded to John's favorite sounding.
1: Yeah, just saying you can expand it to sounding
3: and do sounding and anal at the same time if you are all about but that's when you want to be an octopus dom. Like you want Mm. to have eight arms, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or a couple yeah. extra people.
3: Or a couple extra people. Yes. <laughs> you can have a, like... a team of so you, 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 you can have your medical assistants. That's fine. Yeah. Like, you don't know, have, have yeah. your oh, surgical yes. assistants in there.
0: Yes. Oh, I love I love the um the pigtail ectomy. That's anal adorable.
3: wipes. Lots of anal, anal wipes. wipes.
0: Ooh. Yes. Oh, these are fantastic ideas. And I know we've touched on, you know, sort of a tapas of like kinky anal today. <laughs>
3: and so, oh, and I, I might add one more thing, by the way, one of the best yeah. things. So I almost never recommend stuff with lidocaine in it initially okay. for, for, for before buds, sex, yeah. but like uh, they have preparation H with 5% lidocaine in them, which is great for cleanup after a scene because Ooh. it's helping reduce any inflammation. It's taking down hemorrhoids. And that lidocaine is causing any you know, it's sort of like a good aftercare yeah. thing. So you don't want to do it ahead of time because if somebody can't feel something, they're gonna you know it's gonna rip. But five percent lidocaine is pretty yeah. weak. And they're wipes. Yeah. And they're wipes. So it's you know that's it's a not going to be put it directly on, but like it's something that's great for aftercare.
0: Oh, that's a fabulous anal aftercare idea. I love that. All right. And I know that you speak about a lot of these topics on your podcast and in classes and TikTok. And so where can people, if they want to dig more into medical play, if they want to dig more into P Play, where can they
1: where can they find you? Uh yeah, American Sex Podcasts, like American Sex Podcast.com or on any streaming or uh podcast platform. Uh you can go to sunnymegatron.com. I am sunny megatron on every single social media. I've been pretty active on TikTok. Um, Very active
3: on TikTok. Yeah, or sunny Megatron. Almost everywhere. Yeah. I am semi-retired yeah. right now, and I'm a professional dungeon master. So you can find me at Twitch.tv/slash Thunderpants Academy. Yeah, and that's Makes where sense. I that's where I go and I play Dungeons and Dragons with sex educators and porn stars and leftist commies, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yep, and we raise money for charities for sex workers and for kids and for mm. building houses for the houseless here in Vegas.
0: Oh, that is awesome. Oh, that's so great. And thank you for for letting people know where they can find you. Because, you know, I heard that you have a book coming out. So, you know, that... like that might be where people can find you but we'll put yes. all that in the show notes for everyone so that they can easily cool. get to you and so I I would love to talk to you all day I feel like I want to have you back and go deeper into some go deeper into deeper our, our anal conversations her. and do an anal musical with you but I'm gonna yes. invite you if you would like to share uh, a booty blooper with us so a funny or embarrassing anal story that's either happened with yourself or with someone else I don't know how we're gonna top the pigtail ectomy I know that's not funny or embarrassing yeah we like,
3: we do the same thing for our podcast, and we have so many of these stories. I don't think we've ever told one.
1: Yeah, Ooh. a but, a but uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I have been pretty, you know, there's been like an errant little turd here and there, but, you know, that's par <laughs> for the course. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. I know. I know what happened. Okay. okay wait, wait, wait. All right, so I knew there was something. This is what okay, happened. Do-over. We had <laughs> All right. a Victorian-themed, uh, like, tr- steampunk party. Christmas party. And Ooh. we played all this sorts of different games, right? Oh. And one of them was Ass Cherry Relay. And what that was, was you took a maraschino no, cherry. No, it was a
3: Bing cherry. It's specifically okay. a Bing cherry a Bing because cherry. they're firmer. Okay. maraschino okay. cherry. Oh, you're right. You're right.
1: Okay. Your ass okay. Cheeks. Okay. Anyway. So you take what? it, chose a you put cherry. it between your ass <laughs> cheeks, not in your butt, not like your not butt. without a base, without a trace. Uh, just put it between your butt cheeks. Waddle across the room, squat over a bowl, and drop the cherry, and then go back and get another one. It was like a relay race, like who could drop <laughs> the most cherries in the bowl. And somebody put the cherry too far into their butt cheeks, and it actually went up their ass. And they're like, "Oh my god, I lost the cherry!" Because they're squatting, and they're like, "Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> it went where is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah And then we went hunting it right for it. The, yeah, yeah, vacuum
3: just sucked it right up. But, like you always want to use a big cherry, kids. Don't put any lube on it. Something <laughs> firmer. It's like it's okay to get a fresh cherry. You can get a black cherry, like that one's okay, but um, on the firmer end, not too ripe
0: we went from relatable back to kink educators yeah. <laughs> oh it was perfect it was full circle I love it oh I've had such a good time talking with you both today and thank you for all of the work that you do out there which has influenced how I do kink and how I learned about kink and I really am gonna hype up you know that people really should go and listen and learn about kink and it doesn't have to just be about doing the things like finding educators like yourselves is, is Really helping to shape that confidence and that creativity in their their kinky things. So thank you so much for doing what you do.
1: oh and thank you back at you. You're fucking amazing. Thank you. I'm always telling people about you, and mm. you're going to be on American Sex soon too. So yes, I over am. And yes, I
0: am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always such a fun time with Sunny and Ken and definitely check out the American Sex Podcast for all of your kinky needs. Sunny's TikTok is amazing, really gives you these short but in-depth little little tidbits of kink education and the conversations that, that she's having over on TikTok are really awesome too. The links to everything will be in our show notes. So I'm a little bit of a voyeur and I really enjoyed hearing kinky anal stories in this this episode and the kinky anal stories that you all submitted. So I picked three that I thought would delight all of you. The first story, the first anal tale is all about figging. And if you don't know what figging is, just have a listen.
4: So the craziest butt story I have is um, the time that my boyfriend and I decided to try figging. And so we went to the grocery store and we started shopping for a piece of ginger that looked like it would be a good shape um, to carve into like a butt plug type shape and, um, and to put into his bum. Because um, we, we kind of had read about this thing called figging that it, uh, the ginger is like supposed to burn, um, but it's also an aphrodisiac and it's also like totally safe. Um, and it gets absorbed into um, into the tissue and, um, uh, you know, it, it can be very stimulating, let's just say. So um, we go to the grocery store and we're both sort of laughing to ourselves as we're like picking through pieces of ginger, looking for one that like most resembled a butt bug. And then we find one and, uh, and we take it home and I start carving it. And uh, it had many iterations because, um, I carved one and then he took a look at it and he was like, I think that's too big. And I'm like, really? I don't, I don't think so. Um, but of course, you know, we wanted, wanted to have a size that, um, that would, that would, would be pleasurable for him. So, um, so I kept carving it smaller and smaller until he said, you know what, that's, that's the size that's perfect. Um, and so, um, I, uh, had him undress and, um, I put him in on all fours, uh, on the bed and I took the sort of the piece of ginger and I, um, dipped it in cold water and I slowly started teasing the outside of his butt with it. Um, and, um, at first I was kind of watching his face, um, sort of from the side and, and looking to see what kind of, um, impact it was having. And at first I was like, what do you feel? And he's like, well, nothing really. Um and I was like, "Oh, oh! I hope I'm doing this right." Um, and then, uh, and then, so I, I'm teasing, teasing him, and teasing him, and teasing him, and finally, I insert it, and it's in there maybe a minute, and the expression on his face totally changes, and he's like, "He's like, oh!" Uh. <laughs> I said, "Are you starting to feel something?" And and he's like, "Uh, yeah." I said, "Is it? What does it feel like?" He goes, "It's really hot, and it's burning, but I like it." Um, and it just kept intensifying and intensifying and I started playing with it like I was pushing it in and out a little bit or I you know different um different depths um and he was totally going crazy because um between the the sensation of being penetrated and the burn uh it just put him right over the top holy
0: hot ginger Uh, Figging never made sense to me when I first heard about it because I thought if I want an anal burn, I'll just get myself a ring of fire with my dad's 11 types of hot pepper hot sauce. But now I understand that there's this line between pain and pleasure and how towing that line can help you experience sensations that raise your erotic intensity and can provoke powerful emotions like humiliation, helplessness, shame, punishment. I don't know if I'll ever look at my ginger tea the same way again. So thank you for that story. Our second anal tale is all about ass punching.
5: Hey, Luna. Um, I wanted to tell you about a kinky anal uh, technique that uh, I think I've perfected. Basically, I get a sub. I uh, put a... By the way, this is all consensual. Uh, I put a uh, butt plug up uh, their ass. And uh, I put on my red, bright red boxing gloves. And I just pound that butt plug into them. I I just tried this. And I couldn't believe uh, the enjoyment that the bottom was getting. And that just, like, hyped me up even more. I just really love to do this. Wanted to tell you about it and your audience okay bye
0: so i thought this story was hilarious because you can clearly hear the delight in this person's voice about their ass punching and it just reminded me about how playful kink is that we think all the serious-looking BDSM porn and gear and and darkness and black leather and you know those are all really hot things, but kink really isn't just defined by those aesthetics. It kink really opens up a portal to our playful side and our erotic side. So the appeal of ass punching is that you get this aggressive motion like punching uh, and it's more of a thuddy kind of feeling. It's not the same as a slap on on the ass, which can feel a bit more stingy. Plus you get the anal pressure of the plug inside of someone's anus um, reverberating with the, the force of the punch. And then you get this maybe helplessness, right? So it's a concoction that inspires intense sensations and anal eroticism. Let me know if you end up trying ass-punching. So our final anal tale is a butt slut who got fisted.
2: Hey Luna, big fan, first-time caller. I think my kinkiest booty story would have to be the first time I ever got fisted. At that point, I hadn't had too much experience and struggled to take anything more than a moderate girth. I had ended up meeting somebody who was very into butt play, and she decided to take it upon herself to really open me up. When we started out playing, we put in a butt plug, nothing too big, and eventually after a while I didn't even notice it was there. Then when she decided to take things up a notch, I was tied face down to the bed, and a whole host of toys were brought over. When the butt plug was brought out, something a little bit bigger was worked into me and then worked up to something bigger still. At that point, there was a little bit of resistance, but she coached me through breathing and relaxing, and eventually I felt that resistance give way, and the toy just slide fully inside of me. At that point, I knew I was opened up and uh, my booty was ready for more. She really decided to go at it with her hands at that point, and started working fingers inside of me, and I could feel her moving around and stretching me more and more and more open, till eventually I felt so full, and she informed me that her entire fist was inside of me. I honestly didn't believe it at first, but I craned my neck to turn around, and sure enough there was the proof, a hand wrist deep in my butt. I had no idea that I could take such a thing, but it was honestly one of the hottest sights I had ever seen, just knowing that I was so full and taking somebody's entire hand inside of me. Well, after that I was obviously ready for a good pegging, but I'll never forget the image of that and and just how full and satisfied and stretched out that I felt. It's definitely something I want to do and experience again soon.
0: So that was a that was such a, a cute story as well. So fisting is not A beginner activity and for for this butt slut I mean I loved hearing about how it led them to want more you know they talked about you know I'm ready for a pegging so it reminds me of how expansive kink is and it kink takes these physical activities and infuses them with imagination creativity and sensation so you never know what you'll be hungry for once you've got a fist in your ass and it's a reminder that you can define what comes next what happens first it depends on you know what you're in the mood to experience it really isn't a a recipe you get to decide at, at what levels or what continuum of play that you want to take it to so if you'd like to hear an episode on anal fisting let us know head over to instagram slide into our dms or comment and we will definitely find you an anal fisting expert I might just make anal tales a regular feature on the plug podcast so I can keep listening and sharing stories from our audience with you. I think the biggest takeaway from Sonny and Ken and the anal tales that we got to listen to today is that your erotic imagination is what you make it. There are endless, infinite possibilities with your erotic imagination. We just got to find the right stimulation and explore. Explore without shame. Explore with pleasure. You get to decide what's kinky for you. How mild or wild you get and how it makes you feel, that's all up to your own creation. So now that I've heard your kinky story, I'd love to hear what your first time anal sex was like so tell me your first time anal tales what was it like what would you tell your less experienced self based on what you know now but if you're dying to tell me your kinky anal tale, I'm not going to deny you that opportunity. So you can share that with me too. Whatever anal tale you would like to share and that might be featured on an episode of The Plug Podcast, you can submit your stories anonymously through speakpipe.com slash the plug podcast. will be links on our Instagram and in the show notes. Let us know you love us by liking, rating, or subscribing wherever you're listening to podcasts and treat your butt or someone else over at bvibe.com and use code LUNA, L U N A, to save 30% on bvibe products. Until next time,
1: butties, stay bootyful.